This is Advice for Life with Lynn, Season 1, Episode 5. And it's so good, everybody. There are two parts to this baby. So where are you living in a pretense? Where are you... Faking it? Faking it. Today's issue, how to manifest what you want. You're listening to Advice for Life with Lynn, an award-winning interviewer and a woman riddled with issues herself. Lynn Martinez. You have problems? She has answers. Getting down to the nitty-gritty with people who know what they're talking about. With the best advice on relationships, career, your body, kids, sex, and everything else in between. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Times have you guys said to yourself, I can never get what I want? Or why are all the men in my life jerks or women? Or life is hard. It's just the way it is. All right, I'll go first. I've said all those things at least once in my life. Maybe not the jerk thing, but you can also throw in there, I'm dumb. Nothing looks good on me and I'll never save enough money. So today we're going to talk about manifestation. I love that word. It sounds like magic. And it sounds like a really granola word, but what it is, is the belief that we create every single thing in our lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And many times, most of us, we create this without even knowing it, unconscious creation, I call it. But the truth is, and science proves, we are all energy, and our brain is a huge ball of energy, which creates thought. So our thoughts are a magnet for creating stuff, and that's called manifestation. So if we have the power to create things with our thoughts, how can we create what we want? How can we get what we want? That's exactly what we're going to find out today by speaking with somebody who has made a life out of doing just that. But before we get to that... Time for Lynn's confession. Okay, top three things on my mind today. Number one, I'm judging myself because... I know how to manifest already, at least intellectually. I've done it before. But why can't I manifest a body that's 12 pounds lighter? Why can't I manifest a a walk-in closet or the money to buy another microphone for advice for life with Lynn? I really need one. Number two on my mind, um, I'm thinking of things that I truly, really want to manifest. And that would be be more centered, be more authentic without worrying if everybody likes me. Uh, Oh, and finishing a children's book I started writing five years ago. Not kidding. I still haven't written the ending because I'm worried that the ending won't be good enough. It's kind of sick. And number three on my mind today, I'm really digging my hair color. I just got my highlights done. and Oh my gosh, I don't care how superficial it is. I love a good color session. Yes, I'm not a natural blonde. Shocking, I know. Anyway, that's it. Okay, so let's get to it. Today's guest is Jill Rappaport. She is the founder of Soaring Eagle Yoga. She's a personal spiritual coach, and she's an expert at manifestation. Background check. The background on Jill is really interesting. She was in the corporate world for a long time. She had a nice salary. She had a lot of power, traveled 50% of the time. She was also married to somebody who was just as focused as running up the corporate ladder as she was, traveling about 50% of the time as well. When she realized she was missing too much of her young daughter's life, she made some major changes. After five years of marriage, she divorced, she left her corporate job, including her nice car and her nice house, and started a whole new life in a with way less money, but a clear focus on what she wanted. 
And that was to live an authentic life of contribution, she calls it. And we're going to find out from her what that means. Um, Jill now does some incredible work. She helps people transform their suffering. She helps them elevate their consciousness. We'll explain that and connect with their own missions. Basically, she helps them step out of their old story. They've been telling themselves for years, you know, like I'm not good enough. I'm fat, ugly, whatever, and creates a new story and a meaningful life. And that's magic. I can't wait to hear how she does that. Um, she does this one-on-one, then she does it with groups and also at schools. And one of the coolest things she does is something called sound bowl meditation. I call it drugs without drugs. She created this unique technique that lets you clear out your gunk. This I feel like it's black stuff inside of us and aligns your chakras, you know, those points of energy in our body to help you get centered and clear, which is great for manifestation. You got to clear the palate. She also helps people transform through energy healing, shamanic energy medicine. I still don't understand what that is. She'll explain and soul integration. A huge change from her life in the corporate world, right? Welcome, Jill. I'm so glad you're here. You're like the teacher of all things about creation. I'm so glad to be here, Lynn. And I'm so excited for what you are creating. Oh, Jill is so sweet. She gives the best hugs and kisses, and she's always about the other person. And I love that about you. Okay, so let's, I want to talk a little bit about you so we can learn about ourselves. So when I think about you and your story, I'm just amazed because, you know, the corporate world doesn't sound so bad. You know, you had a nice job. You said you had a secretary, a salary. You know, a lot of people have stressful jobs and, and maybe they don't have everything they want and they don't get up and quit or they don't change your whole life. What exactly in you you know, made you want to make a total and complete change? Was there one moment or what was it? Well, there was a series of moments. And I listen to the way that the universe speaks. And I know when things come down in threes, it's time for me to pay attention. So I was working in the international publishing world. And many people around me were suffering from nervous breakdowns, broken marriages, addictions. I mean, it was really a on the surface, a fast paced, glamorous life with expense accounts and, you know, airlines and meetings and deals and publicity and events. And underneath that was a tremendous amount of suffering and pressure with no way to alleviate that. So I began to integrate into my management of the magazines, the trainings that I had started to uh, to attend and to incorporate into my own life, which was neuro-linguistic psychology and the technology of ontology, which is all about how to tap into being. So you were doing that stuff already. Already. So, and also working in the publishing world and you saw the chaos. So you were trying to bring that into what three things you said were happening. The three things were this. I was uh, putting together a deal with, with a large publishing firm in Mexico, Grupo Expansión. I was running, I was the group publisher of Zoom Media Group at the time, there were t- there were three magazines, and the deal. I was in Mexico. The deal was being solidified. It was 
me and a bunch of guys around a table. We took a break. My cell phone rang. It was my daughter's school. She was in fourth grade at the time. There was an incident that happened, and she was very upset. And they said, you got to come pick up your daughter. She's really upset. And, of course, I'm in Mexico City. Her father was in Brazil. Oh, my. And my parents, who live here, but they're really active, they were also out of town. So the only thing that I could do was call my nanny and say, Mari, please hurry up, go to the school. I don't know what's happened. Something's happened to Sarah. And that left my heart so heavy. And I returned back to the meeting. We finished the meeting. The deal was done. And I went to the airport in Mexico. The Mexico City airport back in those days, I don't know what it's like now, was Still like... hideous. Trust me, I've been well, there recently. It was, it was, it, there was like a fiesta going on. It was it's a um, market and there were, you know, people running around. And, chickens, yeah. Yeah, That's chickens like. and all sorts. And also the music was playing. All this Spanish music like Guantanamera mm -hmm. and De Colores and all these songs were playing. And I'm sitting, waiting for my to board my flight. One song in English comes on one song and it was Harry Chapin's The Cats in the Cradle song. Oh, that song makes me cry just even that, saying the title. Cats in the Cradle. Dad, I don't have time for you. You don't have time for me. How sad. Yes. Yes, Did exactly. you start crying? I was like, oh my God. You suck as a mother. My, not even there for my kid. When are you coming home, Mom? Yeah. I don't know oh, when, God. but we'll get together then. Mommy, Actually, Mommy, when are you coming home? I don't know, baby. I'll be home soon. Actually, I think the song says Daddy, but yeah. It's but, Daddy. But it's Daddy. Mommy. When are you coming home, Dad? I don't know when, but we'll get together yes. then. And then finally when the dad mm -hmm. is older and he's mm -hmm. calling his son and he's like, son, mm -hmm. you know, w when can I see you and your children? He's like, I don't know, Dad. Yep, the kids have the flu. Mm -hmm. My new job is a hassle. But it's sure been nice talking to you. Right. And You got it. I got it. I, you know, I sat on the airplane and I worked out this plan that how I was going to come back, talk to the CEO of the publishing company and say, I need to or reorganize my life because I'm pretending like this job is my entire life. And it isn't. I'm a single mother and I, I want to be my daughter's mother. And there's other things. There's other contribution that I want to make to society in general. So... I came back the next day, the very next day, I had a meeting. Is this the third thing that made you no, realize? No, the third thing was that when I, when I, before I had left for Mexico, mm -hmm. a friend's seven-year-old son came down with something and they found this brain tumor and they flew this child everywhere everywhere, all the top places, and there was nothing that could be done when I got back from Mexico. The, the, the child had passed away. So I realized I'm living my life like I have a million tomorrows. When mm. is tomorrow going to come? So you know, you had, all these things that you say, I'm going to do this, I'm going right? to do this, I'm going to do this. So the first thing that happened was the child had passed away. Second thing that happened, the clue was your daughter had an incident and you couldn't be there because you're in another country. And the third was cats in the cradle. There's no time for 
Nothing. Okay. So you got it. You're on the airport in in the airplane and you decided I've got to change my life. Yes. I've got to change my life and there's no more tomorrows. What did you do? I mustered up all my courage. I was shaking and sweating. I went to meet with the CEO and I made this proposal. And it was a woman. She had just come in and she said, you see... This one works until 2 a.m. Mm. That one works until 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. This one is on the... you And I was the chief of the whole gang. No, you can't do that. So you had the ball was in your court. So I just heard this voice, give your notice. Wow. No planning? No plan. And I said, I'm giving you a one-month notice. And I'll help you transition and find somebody else to run this. When the words were coming out of your mouth. When the words were coming out of my mouth, there was something in the back of my mind going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. You don't have a plan. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You have all these bills. You have this house. You don't have any alimony. Did you have child support at least? I had child support. So your daughter can eat. (laughs) You, on the other hand, cat food for Jill. (laughs) Yeah. And, 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 and. He was very good about taking care of things that she needed. Okay. So that's good. So that was good. However, I had this house on Anastasia near the Biltmore Hotel mm-hmm. and a really nice car. And in I had Miami, of- uh, Florida. And so then I left and I went home and I told my daughter that I was going to be around more. And I started to make the changes I let go of my nanny, which she was very happy because her son had two babies and they kept begging her to come and take care of his babies. Wow. So she was happy. Was your daughter thrilled? My daughter was absolutely thrilled. We started to do our own laundry and cook our own meals. Imagine and that. Yes. <laughs> we, and, and then I was also a scout leader with a with someone at the University of Miami. We were co-scout leaders. And I had a meeting with my Girl Scout troop. And they, I told them, I made this announcement. I said what we were, what I, what I had done. And one of the, one of the little girls said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I really don't know. And <laughs> do you have, and, can you help me? And she <laughs> said, how about if you teach yoga? Oh my God! Yes, I had been a yogi for a while, okay. a long time, and I a had student. been a student. Okay. Yes, a practitioner, and I had been teaching them yoga and meditation mm. for years. And we were like a little community, this family of Girl Scouts and their parents, and so that was fine. So I said to her, "Well, I can teach you guys." She even said, we love it when you teach us yoga. That's mm-hmm. what she said. We love it when this you teach us yoga. This kid's what, seven, five? Somewhere, Jeez, uh, yeah, some, eight. The wise, eight. wise old age of eight, okay. Yes. <laughs> eight, nine. Okay. And I said, but I'm not certified to teach other people. <laughs> what am I going to do, little girl? <laughs> and she said, well, Miss Rappaport, can't you get certified? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You're like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, and I was like, this light bulb went on, bing. Okay, and I said, 
Well, yeah, I guess I can. <laughs> wow, thank you so much, Allison. And so then the next day, I looked online and I found a course that would fit into my schedule and I registered into it. And today you'd like to thank Allison from the bottom of your heart. I want to thank get. Allison from the <laughs> bottom of my heart. And that led to a whole other but before we get into the other things that led into, tell me, I remember coming to you for some energy cleaning and you said, I was always fascinated with your story. And I remember you telling me one time, you know, Lynn, it wasn't that easy. I had a car. I was oh. somebody. I mean, tell me what was difficult about that. I I was somebody. I was well I walked into the building, I was the boss, I had a secretary, I had a marketing team, a research team, an editorial staff, a creative team. I was, you know, a rainmaker, an amazing rainmaker. I loved going out and finding consensus and creating these deals. What's a rainmaker? You actually created rain or money? Money, money, money. Make it rain. Make it rain for the publishing uh, company. Huh. And all of a sudden, then I sold my house on Anastasia Avenue. We used to wave to President Clinton when he would drive by because he always stayed at, mm-hmm. stayed at the Biltmore Hotel. I sold my house on, on Anastasia. I sold my car. I got a Honda Accord. I had never had well, a Honda before. What were you driving before? I was driving, a helicopter? You know, yeah, a helicopter. <laughs> I was driving a little sports car, 300ZX, and nice. I had, you know, these nice cars. Right. And I had my mommy Volvo car. Oh, and, you were loaded. And now I I had um, a smaller house, which at the time I thought was a really tiny house. It later, you called it a dump. Yeah, you told me you thought it was a dump. <laughs> I thought it was a dump. And let and, me tell you, for everybody listening, it's not a dump. It's a beautiful house in Coral Gables, but okay, yeah, I hear it, you. It, it, later, I realized how beautiful it was, yeah. but in my mind, I had some—I had failed in some way, and so also the conditioning of this, the status symbol. Mm-hmm. You know, here I am on Anastasia in this beautiful home. You know, beautiful deco home with a fireplace, and you know, all these. Got to keep up with the keeping keep up. up. Yeah, got to keep up with the Joneses now. I'm driving a Honda Accord, and I had a. I was invited to go to one of my networking functions, and I will never forget this experience that I drove, and I thought, I can't pull up and valet my Honda car. Mm, that was hard for you. It. I actually parked down the street, <laughs> and all the while in the back of my head, I'm like, "This is ridiculous." Yeah. You know, this doesn't matter, but it was like there was this. Your ego is attached to your my car. My ego yeah, was attached it. to my car. Was yeah. attached to the to the symbols mm-hmm. of success, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden, I have no secretary, I have no maid, I have no nanny, I have no. You know, nice car. I've no Anastasia. No Anastasia. (laughs) I've no title. No, you know. Oh my gosh, what Mm. am I? So what were you? So and when I walked in, when I walked into this function, sweaty because you walked a block. (laughs) Yeah, because I walked a block. Everybody said these were some of my people from advertising and publishing, and they all looked at me and they said, "Wow, you look ten years younger. What are you doing?" Not working for you. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I had taken on my yoga practice full time. Mm -hmm. And I was in my yoga teacher training. And I had brought my life into alignment with what my true values were. I was organizing myself in alignment with what was most important to me and what I felt my heart was calling for me to do. And I realized that was the true success. That was the true source of why I looked younger. I felt vibrant. I felt so proud of my choices. And You were doing what you wanted to do without pleasing others judgment from yourself you were aligned were you able to pay your bills well fortunately i was quite a saver so i saved 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 all my entire working life and i started working when i was young i mean 13 14 and i had been working all those years and always was saving money so i had Quite and your husband bit, didn't get it, so that's good. Because right. you know, many times in a divorce, it's yeah. Well, the divorce—that's another story. That was a very expensive endeavor, very expensive for him and for for me. Um, and even with paying for all of those bills, uh, I still had a good amount of savings. So, I did you have to dip into that? I did. Okay, I did have to dip into that. I did, and I dipped into that. Um, as I needed for a long time. Yeah. But for those listening, you know, maybe somebody's going through something similar and doesn't have any savings. You know, you were able to buy a house. Maybe if you didn't have anything, you would rent an apartment. Yeah. There's still a way. So, so did you say, I'm, uh, this is what I want to create. This is my goal. What did you want to manifest and how did you do it? Well, I wanted to manifest a life that was meaningful to me, where I was making a contribution to those who were also on the path of wanting to bring their lives into alignment with their missions, with their, as I always say, that I want to be a vehicle for myself and others to be their essence expressed in the world. And the way that my my own new career, new life manifested was really in stages. I did not actually know exactly um, what I was going to do. I was just following the next step and the next step and the next step. And I created um, I created a mission statement for my life, which was. The purpose of my life is to be full heart and full soul expressed and to lovingly assist others to be their full heart. Well, if you don't get the Nobel Peace Prize for that, then nobody will. Because you are St. Jill. That sounds so... so if we could take that to the rest of us regular people, is that the first step for us to manifest? Come up with a mission statement, follow your inner voice? The first step is to recognize what are you tolerating? What are you tolerating in your life? And where are you acting? 
not in alignment with what's really on your insides. What does that mean? So where are you living in a pretense? Where are you... Faking it? Faking it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Where are you faking it? That's the keeping up. Exactly. Trying to portray a certain image. That's the, well, you know, this is just the way it is. Okay. So number one, recognize where are you faking it? Where you're faking it. So you just want to recognize it for yourself. Recognize where you're faking it and recognize what are you tolerating. And actually sit down and make a list of it. Mm. Be a long list for me, but okay. Yeah, I'll get well, some paper. <laughs> it was a long list for me as well. Okay. And then you want to ask yourself, what do I want my life to be about? Now, remember, this is part one of Manifestation. Stick around for part two. It's awesome. Thank you again so much, Jill. My gosh, we could spend another hour with you. You can find Jill Rappaport everywhere. You can find her at her website, jillrappaport.com. Again, you can also pick up her training manual. It's awesome. Yoki Yoga, which brings stress management and self-awareness tools to learn how to bring mindfulness and yoga to teachers, parents, children, and schools. Also, submit your questions to adviceforlifewithlynn.com. You can check out my blog as well. It's got stuff from some of the top experts in the field. Also, rate my podcast on iTunes. Tell me how I'm doing and tell me how you're manifesting because I'm going to manifest some good feedback. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.